As a grandparent, your role is love, unconditional love, unconditional support. You want those grandchildren always to know that, um, you know, that their grandparents, uh, you know, have their back, okay? Welcome to the Bite Your Tongue podcast. I'm Denise, and I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Ellen Broughton. We've been through many years of parenting together, and now we're ready to talk about the ins and outs of parenting adult children. Your diapering days are over. Now it's time to consider when to bite your tongue. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. This is a pretty exciting episode because believe it or not, Ellen and I are both in Denver and we're in a podcast studio. It's actually called Creative Density. We're at 800 Grant Street and loving being together for the first time. Oh, it's so great, Denise, to be here with you. And, you know, I think about this podcast and how we became friends over having young children and baby exercise class. And now (laughs) our children are grown and we are here to learn um, about how to better how to be better parents of young adults. That's exactly and, uh, right. It's been a wonderful journey. I can't even tell you today. I'm just beyond excited to welcome Julie Dolan Smith. Most people know know her as Julie Dolan because her alter ego is Urban Nana on the legendary podcast, The Satellite Sisters. I began listening to The Satellite Sisters before anyone ever heard the word podcast. In fact, I think they were on national radio or something, CBS, or I can't even remember. Julie will tell us. Anyway, they're in their 20th year. I just listened to their 20th anniversary episode. Uh, Her sister, Leanne, did a, a PowerPoint, which is wonderful, and I'll put it all on our episode notes. But I thought there's no better person to talk about grandparent grandparenting than the urban Nana herself, Julie (laughs) Dolan. So Ellen's going to do a quick introduction to Julie, and then we're going to start. Okay. So first of all, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say, but I'm almost as excited to hear Denise be excited because (laughs) I asked her today, I I said, do, have you really been listening to this for 20 years? And she said, yes, I have. So um, (laughs) she's quite starstruck and it's very wonderful to see both of you and listen to what, what you have to tell And I've read the Sweeney sisters. I am just with the whole program. <laughs> so let me tell you just a little bit about Julie before we begin. Um, she's the oldest of the five sisters and the first to become a grandmother. Uh-huh. Until September of 2008, she lived in Russia and would broadcast the show from overseas. Prior to moving overseas, she had a very successful career in college admissions. And I would love to know what you have to say about that, but we don't have time for that today. But at another point, I would love to know what you have to say about that. And we're talking to Julie today about her role as a grandmother. On the show, she's taken on the alter ego, as Denise said, of Urban Nana and regularly reports on her ventures to Brooklyn, New York, from her home of Dallas, Texas, to babysit the grandkids. So tell us a little bit more about how you became the Urban Nana and why you are still the only sister who's a grandparent. Okay. Well, hi, Denise. Hi, Ellen. I'm so happy to be here. And 
Denise, we're friends in our ears, right? That's right. I mean, we are. That's, we are. that's the way this works. You know, <laughs> it's a long time relationship as satellite sisters. We're five real sisters. We had the same parents. We have totally different lives. And we've been on the radio and been doing podcasts for over 20 years. I'm the oldest and uh, I am now an empty nester, um, but I have five grandchildren and I also have the, the name Urban Nana. And I got the name Urban Nana because when my fourth grandchild, the first um, first child of my younger son, was born, the, um, she was born with Josephine, the, um, that was in Brooklyn, New York. And my son and daughter-in-law were like many young parents having a hard time settling and trying to figure out what would be the best childcare situ situation. So as my baby gift to my, um, my son and daughter-in-law, I said, I'll come and I am going to take care of Josephine. So you can go back to work and you're not going to worry and you can settle back in because I was a working mom and I have tried and, and as maybe as Denise and Alan, maybe, you know, like, you know, childcare has always been terrible. Uh, it's always been a mishmash. And I just wanted my daughter-in-law in particular to be able to go back to work and focus and not have to worry about things. So I moved to Brooklyn, New York. I got myself a little studio apartment very close to their apartment. And I took care of Josephine for the first couple months when my daughter-in-law went back to work. So hence the name Urban Nana. I love this. I love it too. But I, you've oh. continued to go back and forth. But anyway, let's get into some of the things we want to talk about today. Okay. Um, tell us how you think the role of grandparents today has changed from when we had kids. I mean, my guess is that Mama Dolan did not pack her bags and run to the sisters, you know, buy, have little Airbnbs in the neighborhoods to help take care of your kids. Yes, she so did. Yes, my mother did. did. My oh my God. Yes, she was great. She came. She's our role model. She told me. And let me first say, you know, um, my mother, um, who had eight children, um, when when my oh, I first had a child, she gave me this little pillow that she found. She bought at TJ Maxx, and on the pillow it had a little inscription, and it said, "When a child is born, so is a grandmother." It is a new role that you take on. Okay, it is a special role, and there is I you know for Denise and Alan, I cannot tell you the sense of connection you feel with this cute baby. It's not just another cute baby. You look into that face of your grandchild, and in a moment, you know you have a role in this child's life. It's a different role than you had as a parent, and that's a good. That's a good thing. Your main job is to just pour love on that child. And that there is nothing more inspiring, more worthwhile, uh, more wonderful to do. So maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not a new role, but I mean, it is a new role, but the essence of it is, you know, is the same and you should embrace it and, and love every minute of it. That's what I think. Okay. So I'm crying. So. <laughs> <sighs> Well, it's just interesting because, you know, before we did this episode, I talked to so many of my friends who have grandchildren, and I think they would say exactly what you're saying. 
but they still have struggles, particularly when it's a son and a daughter-in-law, when to step in. I mean, that you were even invited to go live in their town and become part of their life in that way, you're already biting your tongue a lot of the times, is my guess. How does a grandmother navigate that role, uh, particularly with a daughter-in-law, I think, and I I don't mean to be sexist, but um, you have to be careful because she's the mother. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Now, I would say, you know, first of all, I think it's really important that our generation realize just how many more sources of judgment there is for this generation of mothers on social media, you know, we always call it the Google, the internet, you know, they just, they could, they can, you know, they can get themselves so worked up on stuff, stuff that would, you know, we didn't have that judgment as mothers, even though we felt like we had plenty of judgment. Now, my model that I, you know, that I give to all, you know, all future grandmothers, I say you have to go in as the loving servant, okay? That, you know, as the new, because you, your job if you're, you know, when you go to first see that baby is zip it, you keep your mouth shut, but you are the loving servant. And, you know, your job is to do the dishes. It's to take out the laundry. If there's another child, you take that child on a really long walk and don't bring them back to the house or the apartment for a while. It's to do the cooking. It's to, uh, you know, just keep the new mom hydrated, okay? And you're not saying anything, okay? You're just walking quietly around their house or apartment. You try have to try very hard not to break anything while you're there. And please, oh, please stay away from the disposal. You know, don't try <laughs> to operate anything in their house. Stay away from the remote control and the disposal, you know? Oh my that, gosh, that's hard. And that's... If you follow those simple steps, then you become then you become a trusted person in this, you know, this these new parents' lives, you know, that by being very quiet and really just seeing your role as being a servant and helping them, a loving servant, I think is the way to go. All right. So this sounds amazing. I will remember this when I hopefully have grandchildren because it's yes. something Denise and I both desperately want. I, I can't mean, say desperately oh, want. I, I would do. love it. I want it if my children want it. That's how I am. Yeah. I would never well, put that pressure on them in a million years. I know that one of my one of my kids does want that. So then I want that for them. Right. But, but <laughs> selfishly also for myself. However, so it sounds like these are good words to live by, but there must have been at least one or two situations that were difficult for you as a grandparent. Can you okay. tell us about that? Well, them? I mean, the first thing you should know is um, the Swedes have taken over all baby equipment, like so <laughs> the dehumidifier, the um, bottle warmer, the diaper genie. The, the, you know, the strollers, the car seats. I mean, you are not going to know how to operate these. Okay. I know we were great. You know, we had our own systems, our own equipment. You are going to be, there will be a moment where you will be confounded. Okay. And for me, uh, urban Nana, okay. We relied on the stroller. Okay. That's, that's how we got, got around. There was one day in January and it was cold and I had the baby in the stroller and I could not get that stroller. I could not get the safety harness unhooked. I mean, I am telling you, I'm in a sweat out there in in January. The baby's crying. It's cold. I was like, okay, I'm going to try one more time. And if I can't do it, I'm going to go get a pair of scissors and I'm going (laughs) to 
and I'm going to cut the baby out of these straps. I mean, you get so desperate, right? I mean, so yes, there's, there, it is a whole new world of equipment and things that again, you have to, you have to figure it out. Okay. You want to be helpful. And if you can't operate the the car seat or you can't operate this, you can't fold up the stroller, then you're less helpful to the new parents. And what you really want to be is, again, very helpful, very quiet. Those are, those are the keys. Very helpful, very quiet, the loyal servant. And the hardest <laughs> thing to do. I mean, as as any you know, just in parenting, the the disinterested parent, or you know, not well, you're interested, right? Interested, but the one who doesn't get emotionally involved—it's the hardest thing. Well, to and do. I think for me, even listening, you talk about all this equipment, I could hear myself saying, "What the heck do you need all this crap for?" You know, we 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 existed with none of it, and yet oh. I know each of it's all you know new things. It's all, I mean, it's all new. You just have to accept it. It's high design. Just go with it. In fact, that is another key piece of advice that I give to all future grandmothers is you got to get your own equipment. Yeah. You have to get your own stroller, your own car seat, booster <laughs> seat, uh, port a crib, your own set of toys for the children. Because again, if your son and daughter-in-law or your, uh, if they have to lug all this stuff over to your house, you see, it's, it's less attractive, but if they know they can just come on over to Nana's and she's got a whole set up there, you're going to see more of that grandchild. Okay. So, um, that brings me to the question of, do you only have, you have five grandchildren, five grandchildren. Any, any of them near you or all yes. of them? Okay. So, so you do have, no, I have Texas. I have three here in Dallas and I have regular assignments with them and that's their school age and I love it. So I get to drive to gymnastics. I get to pick up from karate. I do after school. I do morning school drop off and I get to be in the car with my grandchildren and you sometimes you get you get you don't get a whole lot other times we have fantastic conversations and I love it that they can come over to my house. They can spend the night at my house. And again, I have my own equipment, my own toys. <laughs> so it's, it, it makes it all easy. And how about what's your advice? You have some, in, you still have some in Brooklyn, right? Well, the Brooklyn group has moved to Connecticut after, you know, uh, during right, the pandemic. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. So they're in Connecticut now. What advice do you have when you do live far away, keeping that connection alive? If I recall, you've done some urban Nana camps. Is that true? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Nana camp every summer. Um, sometimes we do it here in Dallas. Uh, we have a place in Colorado. So sometimes we do it in Colorado where the kids come out. And, you know, we have, it's just jam packed with activities. We, we have lots and lots of fun. Uh, we do hiking, we do fishing, we do arts and crafts. And I just, we really plan for um, some fun that way. So that's a great way to stay connected to your grandkids. Too. And is your husband in the loop with all this? Oh yeah. He's got to do this too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he loves it. Again, being a great, I mean, it is the best club you're ever, ever going to be in to be a grandparent. I'm telling you. And that's what, you know, grandparents are like, can you believe how good this is? That's, that's the main conversation I, I find between grandmothers or grandparents is it's just, it's just so great. Okay. But, but so it sounds like you're on the same track as your kids too. And they're, 
living the kind of life you were hoping or had a desire that they would live, I guess. I don't know how to put that in the, in a, in a politically correct way, but um, what if you struggle with the way your daughter or son-in-law is parenting this kid? You see a lot of corporal punishment. You see, uh, you know, things that just, you don't think are healthy for that grandbaby. How do you yeah. step in or you don't stay, say a word? Well, I, you know, I do really and truly try to respect my son, my son's families and, you know, like, and that they would, they would might make different um, choices uh, for their children. And there have been different choices, like, you know, discipline, diets, you know, activities, whatever it is, you have to respect that you have to respect their schedule, their privacy, you know, the things that are important with them. Uh, So, but, you know, you're playing the long game. That's very important as a grandmother. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, you want this relationship. This is, this is a precious relationship in your life. And, and you have to, you know, respect that there, you know, there are going to be some differences in parenting and that you, you know, you don't have to be right about it all the time. You know, it's, it's hard because we were mothers and, you know, and, you have that instinct to step in, but unless it's like something super dangerous, you know, just play the long game. That's what the I long say. game. I yeah. love okay. that, Ellen. Yeah. Play the long yeah. game. Now we reached out to some of our listeners who are grandparents, and some of them came up with some great questions. And one sort of dovetails to what you were just talking about, which is getting involved and not getting involved, and disciplining is a big thing. One of them asked. Is it when, or I should say this, when does it become necessary to tell the parents about bad or unkind behavior from the grandchildren? So even if you're respecting all of their ideas and all of their rules, you've got a grandchild who's not behaving correctly and you see some really poor behavior. When do you inform the parents of that or do you? I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'm very big on table manners. Okay. So when the grandchildren come to my house, okay. Uh, they know they're going to have to like sit up straight and, you know, uh, not have their elbows on the table and use their knife and fork fork correctly. Okay. I I just established that early on. That's part of who Nana is. Okay. If you come to Nana's house, you got to have good, good behavior. I, you know, I also, unless it's, unless it's something really serious, you, your role, it's so different than being a, you know, a parent where discipline is your role. As a grandparent, your role is love, unconditional love, unconditional support. You want those grandchildren always to know that, um, you know, that their grandparents, uh, you know, have their back. Okay. And so, Unless it's something extreme, I am going to tell, you know, my son and daughter-in-laws every time, oh, they were just wonderful. Everybody was great. They got along. I, I just not go, I'm not going there. You, you know, so, I mean, that's I mean, you great just advice. have to, I mean, they're with the children, all, you know, every day. They know, they know about the antics of, they know what discipline, what behavior needs to be corrected or not corrected. You know, that's. That's not your primary job. You know, your job is love and support for that entire family, you know, but particularly for the grandkids. It also is such a wonderful idea in terms of building that relationship 
with the grandchild. I mean, it's complete trust then. They can trust you. They know that when they mess up, that you are somebody who loves them and will you know, help them out if they're in a hole they can't get out of. And it's, it's just a wonderful way to build a relationship. You know, I mean, if it's really bad, I mean, you know, like you don't want me to call your mother. I mean, I have said that. <laughs> right, right. You know, we don't really want to go there, do we? You know, we try to make that choice together. Like, okay, really, let's work this out so we don't have to go to DEFCOM 5, you know, and call your mother, right? So I I just have to say two things to this before I go to the next question. One is that my mother, we called Nana and Uh Nana was you, Julie. What I loved about her was at her house, it was table manners. And you know what? It took that job off my plate. I didn't have to be, you know, my mother, if an elbow was on the table, she would just take their arm and, you know, whatever. And she, it was very important. They learned how to set the table. And you know what? They loved her so unconditionally because she wasn't the parent that mm-hmm. they listened to her more. There was something about her ability to tell them how to set the table. If I did, they'd be like, oh, come on, mom, you know, or whatever. So I think that's a great sort of you know, antidote that you gave there. Um, So this is a question that came up. So your grandchildren are at the grandparents' home being taken care of by the grandparents. Whose rules are to be followed? For instance, this person says, my son and his wife are very strict about no screen time for their six-year-old son. But my husband and grandson really enjoy looking at family photos on my husband's phone. This feels harmless to me and seems within bounds of our discretion especially because we spend a great deal of time with them. It's caused a lot of tension. Do we just stop? Yeah, I, I, this, you know, this is important to really, again, respect the rules in the house. Okay. I say that uh, whether it be screen time uh, or, you know, diet, but I'll have to tell you as part of my urban Nana persona, I always have mints in my pocketbook. Okay. (laughs) That's just kind of one of my, yeah, I think it's very important as grandparents that you have some signature moves, okay, that they're not, you know, they're not going to, you know, harm the child or destroy the, you know, the, their, their family rhythm, but that you, you know, that you can just have a quiet, slightly conspiratorial moment with your grandchild about that, Um but if they really, you know, if screen time is really a big deal and, You've got, we've got to respect that and know that that's really not that, you know, they, as parents, they have to contend with that a lot more than we ever did as parents. I would, I definitely um, try to respect as much as possible um, their preferences. I really do. I mean, it just, you know, there's some good reason for it, but with, again, within bounds, as I say. So please I, don't I, tell my daughter, please don't tell my daughter-in-law. That I'm, <laughs> I'm going to track her down and send her a link to I, this podcast. <laughs> I was going to ask if they're sugar-free or not. And that no, that, there, there, there's I, I guess, some sugar in there. No. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, the sugar-free ones really don't taste very good. Well, so, and in, uh, the, in the end, I still remember my mother-in-law. My daughter didn't have sugar until she was three. My firstborn, naturally. My son, I think I stuck a lollipop in him when he was born. Um, but yeah. I was very upset when my mother-in-law would give my daughter sugar. I look back on it now and I think, oh, what was my problem? Who cares? But it's a big deal to you at the time when you're I know it is. a child. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, yeah. And you, you know, again, 
you really want to support the parents, okay? They, you know, that's, they need to, wouldn't we have loved even more support as parents when we were growing? Mm-hmm. So we can do that. We, we, you know, that's, that's well within our wheelhouse to help, to help parents. Yeah. All right. So I've got another question from one of our listeners. How do you negotiate and create a relationship with the other grandparents? It's not only about you. I'd like to think that it would be like we are the only grandmother, but that's not how it is most of the time. And how do you create that camaraderie and not competition with the other set of grandparents? You know, I, I, well, I find it's more camaraderie than competition because again, you're, you, you know, whether it's grandmother and grandfather or just a grandmother or just a grandfather or just some, you know, some other significant family member, you're all in love with these children and you just want the best for the children. You have so much common ground with that. And, you know, you learn to share holidays, you learn to, again, but you carve out your role. Like I, I'm like adventure Nana. Like I like to take the kids and, you know, go to the park or go to the zoo or, you know, I've taken the older ones to Disneyland. You know, I am probably not going to win awards as baking Nana, but you know, (laughs) you know, the other, you know, the other grandmother is a wonderful baker. So that, I mean, you just, you know, you have to really play to your strengths and just enjoy that. Uh, This is, you, you really don't want to be in competition with the other grandparents. It's just not worth it. Did your relationship with them change after your kids had children themselves? Yes, in a very better way. I mean, we just all adore these grandchildren. Even if you didn't have much in common before, you now can spend hours just talking about like how remarkable these grandchildren are. And that is a great conversation. That makes perfect sense. I just wonder as a person, I listen to you. And even as I look at some of these other questions, I can almost answer them now because of so much of what you've said. Um, And I have so many friends right now that are really struggling with their daughter-in-laws. Most of these women are very strong women, very opinionated women. Mm -hmm. They've raised the most remarkable sons. um, And then they see these things their daughter-in-law are doing. I mean, you know, one example is, uh, you know, I remember my friend saying they, they don't believe in pacifiers. So they're running around with their little finger in the baby's mouth, you know, running around here and there. And she just wants to say, these kids need to suck, give them a pacifier. And, you know, she's just biting her tongue. But as the kids get older, I see the frustration mounting for her. And I think you're going to say, be a, what, what was the word? Uh, uh, loving long, servant, loving, loving servant, servant, loving yeah, servant, play the long game, yeah. play the long game. I mean, there are going to be differences you can, you know, but I don't think you want to focus on that. I really don't. I mean, I had kind of, I had a difficult relationship with my mother-in-law. And so I was, you know, very determined with my daughter-in-laws to, you know, to have a very positive relationship. I think what for our generation in particular, because we were the first working, you know, working parent generation, working mom generation, it's our job. It's our responsibility to really lift these women up, to give them the support. And even if it means, you know, even if it drives you crazy sometimes, uh, 
just remember how hard it was when we, you know, when we had little children and we were trying to do everything by ourselves. I mean, that, uh, you know, that's, I guess I feel, feel that as an individual, but I feel that as part as, as a woman and, you know, as someone who wants to support professional women and working mothers, you know, I feel that really deeply. Yeah. So for us, it was, it was sort of a balancing act because we were some of the first women to have to do this, to juggle. How do you juggle this though now? Because it's still a juggling act. You have a, you know, you still are an active woman and you juggle being a grandparent with your career aspirations and your life. Well, I just, I just told my daughter-in-law because it's the start of school has started here in uh, Texas. You know, she has three kids here. So I was like, okay, we got to sit down. I need a calendar. Like I'm willing to help out, but we got to map out these assignments, you know, so that, cause I don't ever, I don't like to say no to them. You know, I always want to be able to be their backup and, but I can't do, I can't do that all the time. Cause yes, I have, I have commitments. I have my, my own life. So I think planning and organizing is good. Getting regular assignments, uh, I think is is a great way to have a lot of interaction with your grandchildren and to be a real support and anchor to your son and daughter-in-law or your daughter and son-in-law. Yeah. You ever get completely exhausted? I have a little neighbor girl across the street who's my adopted granddaughter since I don't have any. And many times I'll pick her up and take her to the museum. I'll take her to the zoo. I'll take her swimming. You're so nice. Oh, That's- but I, it brings such joy to me. You know, yeah. when, when your kids are gone, you know what little kids bring to your life. Yes. And she's just adorable. She's going to be four in December and I just adore her. I am exhausted when I get home from that <laughs> museum. I can't even tell you. I think, oh my gosh, you know, we've been gone from nine to four. And, you know, we've had lunch, we've done this, we've done that. I think I got to rest for a few hours. Oh, absolutely. You use muscle groups you haven't used in years, no doubt about it. And even even when I was doing my Urban Nana assignment in Brooklyn, I mean, one of the reasons I found a little, you know, uh, sublet was so that the young family could have their privacy. But I needed that at the end of the day, too. I was like... I needed to go throw myself on the couch. Yes, you're exhausted from it. You know, it is it is a lot of work. So uh, it's, you know, it's great if you have, if there's a grandfather involved that can help out, that's, that's good too. But, but uh, they, you know, it is, it is exhausting. And that brings me to a point that everyone has said to me, and I lived away from both my in-laws and my parents. So when people came to visit, they were all in our house and that can become very stressful when they're you know 24/7 watching everything and right. uh, my friends have told me the best thing to do is even if it's a very cheap airbnb find a place right by there so that you have their your space and they have their space do you agree with I, that i really agree with that i really absolutely agree with that yes um they need the privacy you need the privacy and that way you'll do a better job when you're on duty you know when you're in you know when you're on assignment so that's why that's definitely true yeah that's amazing to think about i think our parents would have been very offended with that very different, offended different right right yes yeah like yeah. Uh, the, yeah but i th- i think space is personal space is good maybe because i'm i grew up in a family with one of eight kids we were always looking for a little personal space so okay uh, i have to ask this question ellen yeah, i just yeah. have to ask this question you know i admire all of you sisters and i think what you said earlier um that you're all so different what were what was the secret sauce of your parents 
I, you know, I think they, uh, they had a great sense of humor. I think that was really important, uh, to, uh, to them. And I think that we vote, we, as we think about our childhood and everything, you know, family was very important. Being together as family was very important. We always had fun that way, but because there were enough of us, it allowed different people, different siblings to do different things in the family. You know, if you only have two kids, I think, you know, one has to take a traditional route. Maybe the other one takes a non-traditional, but with eight, you know, you could have all kinds of different um, patterns, uh, life patterns. And we certainly have had that. So, but we always say that one of the successes of our show is that we work together by ourselves. It's not like we're in the same studio for 20 years. You know, we've always done it in remote locations. And I think that is important, sometimes important too. No, that makes perfect yeah, sense. It does. So should we wrap this up? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I could talk. I, yeah. I, I, I just, I, yes. yeah, exactly. But you know, and, when, you know, grandparents love to talk about their grandkids too. <laughs> so, right. Well, I think, you know, you're just your comment on being the loyal servant and looking at loving the law, servant, loving, loving servant, servant, loving, lo- I'm going to say loving and loyal. I'm going to add. Yes. That's that would be good. Loyal yeah. means you need to be available. And I think mm-hmm. making yourself mm-hmm. available is important. And I like looking at the long haul, you know, mm-hmm. it's the long road you're looking at. It's not tomorrow or whatever. It's, it's the long, because I think so many people struggle just keep, you know, particularly when you get, I don't know if you ever had sleep issues. You watched your kids going, I was known as the sleep yeah. Nazi. Oh, we when could have my, a whole podcast I just was on the this. sleep Nazi when my kids were little. So when I see parents struggling with kids sleeping, I want to jump in and just take over. So I know that's going to be a struggle for me, but mm-hmm. you just have to be the, the loving servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yes. Uh, but that's a special skill. Like if you can help that baby sleep, you know, Hey, your stock is going to go up. That's for sure. <laughs> but I, I think too, um, approaching that as a loyal or sorry, loving, servant. loving servant as someone who's there to serve them, as opposed to yeah. tell them what to do. I think right. there's a different sort of thing that, you know, let me help you figure this Would out. Would you like me, me to help? Yes. Yeah. 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 You like that's, yeah. that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly well, right. Well, Julie, we like to end at each episode with our guest giving two or three things they want our listeners to take away. What do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Okay. As a new grandmother, when you go to see your new baby, they sure to have a nice top on. Okay. Cause you're going to take a picture. Okay. And that's going to be the picture that is the keeper. And if you're, if you have like a diaper over your shoulder, you're going to just totally regret that. My mother always said that, like, always pick the pictures that you look good in the babies, their faces always change the kids look, but nice top when you go meet the baby. So you have a, a first one. Okay. Also a, a blow dry too. Or uh, Yes. And a good hair, okay. Okay. good hair so and yeah, a nice okay. top. This okay. is, this is your moment. You are being born as a grandmother. Okay. This is, you know, your coming out uh, party is when you get to meet that grandchild. So, um, so a nice top I think is important. I would say certainly have your own equipment and three uh, zip it, you know, just keep, keep your mouth closed and try not to break anything at their house. That's the other. I think I'm going to fail at that. I know right that, one might be, that one might be the hardest one of all. I know, me. you know, I'm a you know, 
I, you know, that always happens. And you're like, oh, I didn't want to do that. So Julie, you've you've left us so enlightened and so full of energy. I look at you as someone that must always have her glass half full. There's yeah. very little empty in your glass. Am I right? Well, I, I try to stay on the positive side of things. Yeah, yes, really I really seem to. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's really been terrific. It's been I wonderful. mean, Denise and Alan, you are a great and it's a great concept for a show and congratulations and keep talking. Thank you so much. And you guys keep rocking it too. Okay. Thanks so much. And love to all the satellite sisters. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Bye, Julie. Thank you. Bye. So that's a wrap. What a thrill it was for me to speak to Julie Dolan, one of the satellite sisters. And I'm glad I got to introduce the satellite sisters to Ellen. If our listeners have a chance, listen to their podcast. You'll love it. A special thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. In every episode, I ask listeners to give their feedback, follow us on social media, and I'm going to do it again. That's what really keeps us going. One more quick request. We truly want to know what you want us to talk about. Send us an email at biteyourtonguepodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts and ideas. We would love to have any suggestions you have for guests. Thanks again to Connie Fisher, our audio engineer, and see you in two weeks for another great episode. And remember, listeners, sometimes you just have to bite your tongue.